0: Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060 Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale, Phoenix.
1: It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Another two-two. Hard to third. That's fair. Very- Vigio will score, and Guerrero's on the move. They'll stop him at third, an RBI double
0: for Chapman, and it's 4-2 Blue Jays. Merrifield, two hits last night. He singled and scored his first time up today. Merrifield gets it up in the air, left field. Corbin Carroll backing up to the track, to the wall, and it's off the top of the wall and over. That's a home run for Whit Merrifield, Is sixth, and Toronto answers right back. Ten hits now for
1: Toronto. That's trouble. That'll split the gap and get to the wall. Two runs are in. Merrifield coming around third.
0: And Danny Jansen clears the bases. Back-to-back, man. You do not see this in college football. But the Georgia Bulldogs bludgeon their way to -to back-to-back. Glory, glory, Georgia. As the fight song says... Easy pass, easy finish. And
1: you saw the double team there with Brook Lopez coming over with Drew Holiday. Yeah, another yeah. turnover. That's part of the respect, right? And Josh Oppenheimer was saying he got to give McConnell and another three-point make.
0: Murray. End zone throw. Oh, what a catch! <laughs> One-handed
1: DeAndre
0: Hopkins! 23 for Olenek. 20 for Fontecchio. 24 for Dunn. James is 27. Looking for 30. Got it!
1: To the 6th 3 three-pointer.
0: Shohei has gone over for three, and he swings at that one and blasts the ball into dead center field, out at the wall. It's out of here. Oh, flexes his muscles right there, just like he did late in the ball game last night. It's now nine-eight Astros. Oh one swing at a high drive center field it is deep Kiermaier looking back looking up it is gone a home run off the batter's eye Aaron Judge has gone yard he says hey look at me now two run shot Yankees take the lead they're in front 5 to 3 We put in good work all day Rogers on the run pop fake freeze him to the end zone for another Packer
1: touchdown Milwaukee comes to Cincinnati and sweeps away the Reds Cincinnati has dropped 8 of the 10 head to head meetings and Milwaukee leaves with a firmer grip on the division a two-game advantage on second place Cincinnati dial 602-260-1060 that's 602-260-1060 or tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 and now here's your sports zone guide Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 Welcome to the Monday, July 17th edition of the Sports Zone, not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUSAM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7, the Diamondbacks, hmm, is the early season magic gone? Georgia will win a third consecutive college football playoff. The Suns, would TJ McConnell be an upgrade over campaign? Meanwhile, DeAndre Hopkins, will he make a difference in Tennessee? The Lakers are they 2023 contenders? 2023, 2024 contenders? with LeBron James not retiring? Shocking. Meanwhile, the Angels, should they trade Shohei Otani? The Yankees can help the Aaron judge save them. Hard knocks. Did the NFL make the right decision by choosing the Jets? The second place Cincinnati Reds. Should they not be buyers at the trade deadline? And what else caught your eye since our last show, which was many moons ago, ten days ago? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments we have the introduction of today's pipeline. 915 around college football, including a preview of the Power Five conferences. Bill Bender will join us from the Sporting News. This will be the first of five consecutive college football preview segments in the 9:15 segment this week. 9:30 it'll be interactive action at 6:02, 260, 1060, and also the local roundup that'll include a not so uh, you know, fun Diamondbacks and uh, Jays uh, yeah, weekend uh, weekend analysis. Let's put it that way. And Then the final segment of the sports that will be the national roundup. That'll be topped from the MLB scoreboard and whatever else I can jam in during that segment. Then after the sports um, from 10 to noon, of course, it's the extra point hosted by Kayla. That will include more phone call time. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, is the Diamondbacks' magic of March through June gone for the rest of 2023? And Kayla is here and has the early returns.
0: We are in a 50-50 split right now.
1: The Diamondbacks, now in third place, have scored two runs or less in eight of their last 14 games. Ten of those fourteen games are losses. After the weekend sweep at Toronto, that became uh, that became the All Star began. Excuse me, the All Star Game road trip, post All Star Game road trip to Toronto, Atlanta, and Cincinnati. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question: Will Georgia win a third consecutive College Football Playoff? Kayla, what do we have here?
0: No, out in front at seventy-one point four percent of the vote. Yes, trailing at twenty-eight point six percent.
1: No college football team has won three consecutive national championships since Minnesota in 1934, 35, and 36. No team has ever done it since the introduction of the AP poll. Meanwhile, in addition to that uh, Twitter poll question, any college football topic this week has certainly encouraged discussion. Meanwhile, on the local front, or back on the local front, the Suns campaign era is over. They traded him on Sunday to the Spurs for a second-round pick. And the Suns uh, were, maybe still, reportedly interested in acquiring U of A alum and current uh, Indiana Pacer T.J. McConnell. So, would, just for fun here, would uh, former U of A player T.J. McConnell be an uh, upgrade for the Suns over campaign? Meanwhile, DeAndre Hopkins is headed to Tennessee as a player. Uh, he accepted uh, he basically opted for the money here, 26 million over two seasons. can't really blame him for that. instead of taking less money from the Patriots and more likely far less money from the Chiefs who at some point might figure out how to get under the cap further, but he wasn't going to wait for that apparently. Meanwhile, DeAndre Hopkins, will he make a difference with the Titans? Sparing the globe, LeBron James is not going to retire. Uh, he waited to reveal the uh, shocking news during last week's ESPYs. Uh, it's, uh, you know, that's actually like the slowest week of the uh, the sports calendar year, so good timing by him. And Team LeBron, I'm guessing LeBron, Team LeBron is LeBron, so good for him. Uh, so the Lakers, are they 2024 championship contenders with LeBron shockingly not retiring? Meanwhile, the Angels uh, reportedly considering at least trade offers for Shohei Ohtani, but the Angels wisely want multiple top 100 prospects in return should the Angels trade Shohei Ohtani before the August 1st trade deadline. Aaron Judge taking batting practice. However, no word is when he might actually be activated from the injured list. Would a healthy Aaron Judge elevate the uh, elevate the Yankees back into the postseason picture? Meanwhile, the Jets, not surprisingly, are the 2023 Hard Knocks. It's a training camp version of Hard Knocks, uh, which uh, to the disdain, apparently, of Aaron Rodgers, who's actually the reason the Jets are the Hard Knocks team. uh, So did the NFL make the right Hard Knocks decision by going with the Aaron Rodgers Jets? The Brewers... They're leading the NL Central now. They are five and one the last two weekends to pass the previous first-place Cincinnati Reds, whose lack of attention to deal, detail from their manager David Bell and uh, you know, basically and staff—it's it's not a Bell thing; it's an organizational thing—they don't know how to play baseball. The Reds are two and eight now this year against Milwaukee. Of course, they have a far better manager in Craig Council. And they do pay attention to detail, and that's certainly shown up the last two weekends when they've won five out of six games. So, would the second-place Reds be better off if they are not buyers at the trade deadline? Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show back on uh, July the 7th? That's the pipeline for today. we have get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category, whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060. Or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules, accuracy and objectivity, if you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Oh! Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by uh, the first of our five previews of the college football season this week. We'll kind of take a national scope of things today. In the next segment, Bill Bender of the Sporting News is scheduled to join us. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, to be more phone call time or phone call time uh, for the... Uh, the general discussion part, 602-260-1060, 602-260-1060. Also, a little local roundup at the bottom of the hour. That'll be topped by some Diamondbacks and uh, Blue Jays. This, uh, I think they're just the Jays now, aren't they? I don't know if they're still the Blue Jays. Toronto and Arizona, weekend analysis. You're listening to Sports SportsZone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM AM 1060 and Lux HD two one hundred point seven.
0: Extra point with local and national topics, betting lines, and banter weekdays ten to noon on KDUS AM 1060, KDUS1060.com, and the KDUS 1060 app.
1: Welcome back to the sports show with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD 2 100.7. Little Bruce Springsteen and the East Street Band here. They're here on November the thirtieth, so I don't know if they have tickets for mail, remaining, but we got ours. All right, of course, uh, KDUS AM ten sixty and Castlex HD 2100.7, Your home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from six to nine a.m. All this week in this segment, we are previewing the college football season. Out to the KDUS hotline, we go. And for a preview of this season in general, nationwide, we're now joined in the Sports Zone by Bill Bender of the Sporting News. Mr. Bender, are you ready for college football?
0: I just told Kayla, if I'm going to hear from you guys, then I know it's close. Uh, great to talk <laughs> with you. We can go wherever you want now. You just uh, fire away.
1: I've got things to fire away in, in, in detail here. So here we go. Let's start with SEC. The SEC media days are going, uh, they started this morning. Uh, so let's, let's start with the defending national champions. Uh, what do we expect from uh, the national champions with a new quarterback? And what do we expect from Carson Beck?
0: I mean, more of the same. You watch their spring game and they had eight different receivers catch a pass of 20 yards or more. They've got Brock ba- I mean, any new quarterback, I would just look for Brock Bowers and see if he's open yeah. and start there. Um, they've got talent all over the place. The roster is loaded. Obviously doesn't have the same on-field experience that Stetson Bennett had. But, you know, it's kind of, like, uh, kind of like the Ravens would be my comparison. It had, to me, before Lamar, where it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is because they've got everything else on that team.
1: And Todd Bunkin has gone to the Ravens to be their offensive coordinator. So so what's the formula for Georgia to become uh, the first team to win three consecutive national championships since the 1930s?
0: Right. I mean, not get complacent, but also, I mean, we're not going to be talking about Georgia on the field tomorrow. I think there's going to be a lot of talk about Georgia off the field with all these strings of arrests and off-the-field problems that aren't necessarily indicative of a two-time national championship program. That's been a stunning part of this offseason. So I think Kirby's probably going to talk a lot about player behavior tomorrow. And now on the field, Bob, I think we've entered the where were you territory. And and you guys being as Arizona, I know where I was when Arizona State beat Nebraska after they won two in a row and where I was during the kick six and where I was, what's the other one? Oh, when Texas beat USC. You don't get a chance yeah. to see a 3 often.
1: That is true. Uh, Alabama, uh, do they have a national championship-level quarterback?
0: They still have a national championship-level roster. You know, I, I know. I think people are off them a little more than they should be because it, it, because of the quarterback position. We've been conditioned and spoiled to see them with first-round caliber quarterbacks when, you know, whether it's Tyler Buckner or j Milroe. Now, I watched Jake Coker win a national championship there. Now, granted, he was handing off to Derrick Henry, and had a crazy good defense behind him. So, yeah, I, it can happen. But I, I don't do a, am I being too dramatic there when I say that I think they they could, they're being a little bit undervalued, if that's possible.
1: Yeah, I'm going to, we're going to get into LSU in more detail later this week. But is there another SEC team that can, I don't know, you know, so so-called sleeper team that could make a run here at least in the conference this year?
0: Well, I mean, I don't count LSU as, or Tennessee as sleepers because they they had good seasons. They'll be ranked in the top ten, I think. Outside of that, the team to watch for would possibly be.
1: <laughs>
0: I, I'm going to say it on air, and then you, you and Kayla can replay this and, and just. You know, later in the season, how about Texas A&M? How about Hmm. five-star quarterback, decent roster, Bobby Petrino's touch on the offense. Now this is a lot of if this happens, if this happens, and if this happens. But, I mean, I've watched them beat Alabama two years ago and almost beat them last year. So it's not like they don't have the talent on the roster to do it.
1: Bill Bender, the Sporting News, curling the sports zone. First of our five uh, previews of the college football season this week in this segment. Okay, so let's go from elite conference to not-so-elite. The Pac-12, um, it appears they're going to be very top-heavy. I think they might have six good teams. After that, it's pretty bad. But what top's your you know things to look for in the Pac-12? They
0: do have the best collection of quarterbacks in the country. I, I mean, I would start there, with starting with the Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, Michael Penix led the nation in total offense and some speculative good quarterbacks. I think DJ Yohan Galele will do well at Oregon State. I think Dante Moore's a guy to watch at UCLA, a really exciting freshman they pulled out of the Midwest here. And, and even, you know, at Arizona and Arizona State, Arizona State has quarterback depth. I mean, that's for sure. And a new coach that did a really good job with Bo Nick. So I, I think this collection of quarterbacks within the conference is going to be very exciting to watch all season.
1: Michael Penix at Washington is one of those guys. They didn't play USC or Utah last season. This year they play them both on consecutive Saturdays in November. Do you believe in the Huskies this year?
0: I do. I mean, and I don't consider them a sleeper because, again, they won all those games last year. Jalen DeBoer did a nice job. Penix has two returning 1,000-yard receivers and two edge rushers that, I mean, Braylon Trice was probably a first-round pick this year. So when you have all of that come back, I mean, there's a little bit of an all-in feel to it. And, and of course, Washington is the last Pac-12 team to reach the playoffs. So I've got that USC game circled because think about it. There could be a lot of things on the line there. Pac-12 championship positioning, uh, playoff hope, and the Heisman Trophy with Caleb Williams and Michael Penix, who, like I said, led the nation in total offense with over 360 yards per game last season
1: talking college football with Bill Bender of the Sporting News. Michigan has won the game the last two years. They host Ohio State this year. Is Michigan now the clear team to beat, and does Ohio State have a championship-level quarterback?
0: Uh, it's a coin flip game to me, which is what that's – if pe- people say, well, as the rivalry, rivalry turns, it wouldn't surprise me if Ohio State was favored when that game rolled around in November, just like they were last year. I think uh, – Michigan has done and taken great steps to even out a rivalry that was very one-sided now Ohio State of course that is going to hinge on Kyle McCord and how he operates which you know to me I mean come on there was questions about C.J. Stroud when he took that starting job and look what he did the last two years it's not that complicated really Bob you just throw the ball to Marvin Harrison and you'll do okay
1: (laughs) yeah he's pretty good no doubt Okay, ex-Buckeye, Luke Fickle, now the head coach of Wisconsin. Does he elevate the Badgers back to prominence this season? And I'm I'm just curious, does the air raid offense work in the Big Ten in the cold weather months? Well,
0: that's what we're going to find out. I think the radical transition of this offense might not be as radical as some people think because even though they're going to do a Phil Longo-style attack, they still can handle – hand the ball to Braylon Allen. They can still run the ball in a, you can run power football out of the shotgun. Ohio State did that with Urban Meyer that first couple years. Remember, they would just line up and hand it to Carlos Hyde. And I think they could do that here. Um, So I think definitely his style will do well there. His talent development is very good. Would not surprise me if Wisconsin wins the Big Ten West this season and only gets better as we get into the 12-team playoff era.
1: All right, the Big 12 has been the, you know, actually 10 teams. Now they got 14 teams for at least one more year. Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC after this season. Does, you know, the, the how does you know, the fact that OU and in Texas are leaving after this year does are they going to have targets on their back? Does that make a difference how you handicap the Big 12 this year with those two teams?
0: Yeah, I mean, Texas in particular is picked to win it and super talented, and we do this every year. I do this every year. I think I've come on your show four or five times and said Texas is going to be very good this year. Um, they got to start winning one score games, and their farewell tour in particular, they have to go to Texas Tech. They have to go to Houston. They have to go to Baylor and TCU, all in-state schools, all hostile environments, and – There's something to that. Yeah, it's going to be pretty hostile. But I've said this all along. I don't think those other Big 12 schools are necessarily sad to see those two go.
1: Quinn Ewers, uh, if he gets off to a slow start, is there an over-under for Arch Manning to be the starting quarterback?
0: Well, I mean, Malik Murphy's pretty good, too. Malik Murphy had a a good spring game. So I I think they're going to ride with Quinn all the way through this year. And and Arch will – generate some hype obviously but i mean really i guess the test case will be let's see how he does when they play at alabama uh, in week two and that may be a rip- barometer for the season i can build up texas all i want if they go to bryant denny stadium and get crushed it's not going to matter so i think that's something to keep in mind as we look ahead to the season is quinn ewers is their guy looks comfortable in the offense has a lot around them and i don't i I think if Steve Sarkeesian has it his way, that our Manning probably won't be the starter until next year.
1: Okay, we started this. I mentioned SEC Media Day. Uh, the media week is underway. So let's kind of continue with the, uh, and finish up with the Media Day theme here. What can we learn from watching this you know, flood of conference media days? You know, The Big 12 did theirs last week, and the next couple of weeks pretty much everybody does. So what, what, what should we be looking for to try to learn something here?
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, you're going to hear the word culture a lot. And, you know, we didn't even touch on last week, but I hear culture all the time. And if you would have told me which school is going to get a scandal in the off season, one of my last guesses would have been Northwestern.
1: Yeah. So, right.
0: I mean, that can be empty listening sometimes. So I always encourage college football fans to really you know, take what's said at media day with a grain of salt. Don't overreact to anything high or low. And that's kind of what these coaches prefer. I mean, that's um, – You know, Nick Saban will command a lot of attention this week. He always does. Dion will command a lot of attention. He always does. And, you know, those Big Ten coaches will be buttoned up as usual when I see them in Indianapolis next week, although Jim Harbaugh may throw a curveball or two. (laughs)
1: It's true. He's been known to throw a curveball or two in the past for sure. Bill, good talking to you. The official start of the college football season is here, so thanks. And we'll be uh, catching up with you throughout the season. Thanks.
0: Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Take
1: care. You too. Bill Bender, the Sporting News. Excellent stuff. And uh, as we mentioned, all five segments in this uh, you know, nine fifteen segment, roughly, of uh, this uh, the Sports Zone all week long will be college football. Uh, tomorrow we'll get into the Ohio State University, even though they haven't been the Ohio State University in the last couple of years, just Ohio State. Uh, is, uh, do they have a quarterback? Uh, what can Kyle McCord do? Uh, that'll be a big part of tomorrow. And then on uh, Wednesday, we'll get into some LSU. And, uh, of course, Jaden Daniels, uh, former ASU quarterback. Now, at LSU, of course, last year he did quite well. And they got to the SEC championship game. All right, next, seg- next uh, segment, it'll be uh, phone call time. 602-260-1060. It is general discussion if you'd like to participate. 602-260-1060. And also, we'll get to the local roundup and that'll start uh, we'll start that off with the diamondbacks and uh, not a good weekend obviously they'll point out some things where they really areas that they really failed in you know, several key ones actually you can offense pitching certainly bullpen for the pitching staff and their base running was awful And we'll get into all that in the next segment. But if you want to jump in, no problem, 602-260-1060. It is general discussion. Bottom, uh, at the top of the hour, excuse me, uh, before the top of the hour, last segment of this hour. How do we do this show? I don't remember. It's been so long. Uh, We'll do the national roundup and uh, see how much stuff I can get in from like two weeks of stuff into one segment.
0: Check out KDUSAM 1060 on 100.7 KSLX HD2. That's right, HD Radio on 100.7,
1: channel number 2.
0: It's time for today's local roundup.
1: And hey, welcome back to the Sports Zone. With Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time if you want to jump aboard, 602 260 1060. It is general discussion. All right, topping today's local roundup the Diamondbacks. Since we uh, last were here on July the 7th, they have gone from first place to third place in the National League West. And that was after they were swept over the weekend at Toronto. The Diamondbacks' offense uh, you know, remained silent, basically. The bullpen really imploded all three games, and the base running was atrocious. Let's start with the offense. They scored nine runs in the three games. They got five on Sunday, and those were kind of shaky runs. The first two crossed the plate on a throwing error and a wild pitch. The final three on Sunday was on a two-out basis-loaded three-run double by Cattell Marte when the score was 7-2. to So it's not like they were, you know, smacking the ball over the park in Toronto from start to finish in that game. The bullpen – Suspect much of the season was terrible in all three games. On Friday, the bullpen allowed five runs in a 2-2 game. Uh, Austin Adams, the primary culprit, he allowed four runs, albeit he didn't get helped by some really bad defense from Cattell Marte. who had a terrible defensive game with three bad plays on Friday night at second base. Meanwhile, on Saturday, the Diamondbacks' bullpen allowed two runs in a 3-2 Loss, uh, there were 3-2 game. Excuse me. at that time. Scott McGuff gave up a, a home run to Bo Bichette in the 8th uh, inning. Meanwhile, on Sunday, McGuff also bad. And once again, for a second straight day, uh, he got one out and gave up uh, four runs in what was a 3-2 game at that point. Meanwhile, the base running, which has been really good most of the season, was really awful in all three games. They ran themselves out of five outs in three games, Geraldo uh, Perdomo, Corbin Carroll, Evan Longoria, and twice from Jake McCarthy. He was picked off first base in a one run game Saturday and Sunday, which is almost impossible. And just, what are you doing? Are you thinking about anything out there? Meanwhile, the bottom line the Diamondbacks have scored 39 runs in their last 14 games. 10 of those are losses, and they've scored two runs or fewer in eight of those 14 games. Individually, Christian Walker, not been good in July. That's putting it lightly, and lightly is the right term here. Walker hitting 108 with two homers and 11 strikeouts, no walks, and 37 plate appearances this month. Uh, He grounded into two double plays on Sunday, in fact. Meanwhile, on the other side, Toronto, which has now won eight of the last 10 games. They swept the Diamondbacks without... There are two all-star game pitchers. Kevin Gosman was scratched from Saturday's start because of a side issue. And uh, Jason Romano, uh, who you know basically uh, is our closer, he suffered a back injury while pitching in the all-star game, and he was unavailable for all three games against Arizona. The Diamondbacks still lost all three games in that series. Up next, uh, up next he tried to say. The Diamondbacks have today off. They begin a three-game series Tuesday at Atlanta. Atlanta surprisingly lost two out of three at home over the weekend to the lowly White Sox. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, it it appears that Atlanta's going to get Max Freed off the injured list for this series this week. And Spencer Strider, uh, who was hit hard on Saturday in that loss and his loss to the White Sox, he's expected to be the Thursday starter in the third game of that three-game series for the Diamondbacks at Atlanta. Meanwhile, as far as the American, the assuming uh, the National League West goes, uh, as I mentioned, the Diamondbacks have fallen into third place. The Dodgers, which won two out of three over the weekend against the Mets, and really should have won all three games over the weekend against the Mets in New York. Uh, the Diamond, the uh, Dodgers are sitting now at 53 and 39. They've won seven out of ten. Uh, playing pretty well, needless to say. The Giants have been really good. Uh, they've won. They swept the three games over the weekend at Pittsburgh. They're now 52 and 41. The Diamondbacks sitting at 52 and 42. And uh, we'll see if uh, they can figure this out. They're a really tough road trip for any team, uh, let alone a team that's not producing anything offensively at this point. And if uh, somebody wants to still to tell me that San Diego has still got a chance here, give it up. They just got swept over the uh, last three day, they lost the last three games of their series at Philadelphia. They're bad. And you know, we've been trying to tell you this for weeks. Yet uh, you know, smart people continue to tell me that they have a chance. Really? Okay. Don't think so. Also in today's local roundup, the Suns ended the campaign era on uh, Sunday, and they traded the uh, overrated uh, player uh, to the Spurs for a second-round pick. I'm actually a little surprised they even got a second-round pick for him in return. And uh, before that, there was a report out there they were interested in T.J. McConnell, the U of A alum, and uh, just for fun, let's assume that they're still interested in McConnell, which would take some doing because of the cap and all that stuff. But uh, McConnell, of course, the Juve alum, he would be a significant improvement over Cam Payne. He's a real point guard, a true point guard at the offensive end, which is something Payne is not. Also, he's an excellent distributor of the basketball. Uh, they have plenty of finishers on this Suns team. Looks like Bradley Beal is going to be their point guard. And I think he's actually not a bad passer, but don't think he's ever really been a quote point guard. Uh, even certainly wasn't in college at Florida and not in the NBA in Washington. Meanwhile, McConnell also is a decent defender, far superior to Payne, uh, who really is only positive, as I've said this for a long time, is he's certainly a good scorer. If he's making his shot, he's good. Payne, if he's not making a shot, you got to get him off the floor. The Suns also added Bull Bull, who most recently played with the Magic? After uh, he has, he had a one. He played for one year at the University of Oregon. I don't know if people remember. He was actually considered one of the top players, if not the the top player in the 2018 high school recruiting class. I'm all for this. Uh, he's only 23. Uh, he's an upside player. That's the kind of player the Suns should be seeking for their bench. So I'm totally – for. if it doesn't work out, whatever. I mean, let him go. But, you know, that's the kind of player they should try to try to uh, fill, fill a role on the bench. And to me, other than the Eric Gordon thing, this is actually the second-best addition the Suns have made this offseason to the bench other than, obviously, Bradley Beal to the bench is the key phrase there. All right, coming up next. I know this is going to be a shorter segment, but uh, I've got tons of stuff in the next segment. We'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's sports zone. The national roundup topped by a little uh, from the scoreboard in Major League Baseball from the weekend. And also, I got plenty of stuff. We haven't been here since you know, July 7th. So, I got some uh, things that have cut, certainly caught my attention national roundup wise. We'll get to as many of those as humanly possible in the next segment. And if we have time after that, uh, some interesting baseball series begin today also. We'll get to a bit of a, little bit of the latest line for today. If not, I'm sure we'll cover some of the baseball series uh, beginning today during the Extra Point hosted by Kayla, and don't forget to stay tuned for that. The Extra Point hosted by Kayla from 10 to noon right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7.
0: KTUS AM 1060 into your home with Alexa. Hi, I'm Alexa. Download the KTUS AM 1060 skill and enable. Then say Alexa, open KDUS AM 1060. This is where I start my day. It's time for today's national roundup.
1: Welcome back. Final segment of today's sports sum. It's gonna be a long. A roundup segment because I got a lot to talk about since we were last here on uh, July the 7th. Okay, let's just get right to it. Uh, let's start with uh, some things from the wire and from the headlines. In case you missed it in today's pipeline, hopefully, if you've not, you know, this is you know, hopefully you're not driving. I don't want to cause any you know disturbances on the road. LeBron James is not going to retire. It's shocking news. the The Lakers, I do think, are NBA contenders because of their, you know, I think they did a nice job adding, comp- adding complementary players, something that the Suns did not do. Um, you know The Suns opted for the almost never works fantasy basketball approach, uh, but the Lakers have gotten complimentary players that can actually help their team. What a concept. Also on the uh, NBA front, James Harden is still officially with the Sixers, reportedly wants to play with the Clippers, uh apparently uh, you know the, uh, the Clippers are going with that suns and type of approach the, the fantasy basketball approach, which by the way, in case you missed it the first time, thousand times and well, just a few moments ago too, it almost never works. Meanwhile, Greg Popovich is not leaving the Spurs anytime soon. The 74 year old head coach signed a five-year contract extension, and uh, the team announced that way the back way back on July the 8th. Uh, he's the oldest coach in NBA history before all this has started, and he's not getting any younger, but, you know, Victor is going to, you know, I think extend his career. Meanwhile, around the Major League Baseball world, the Angels are reportedly considering trade offers for Shohei Otani. They want multiple top 100 prospects in return. The Angels are, you know, I think doing the right thing by at least – asking for top 100 prospects for Otani and listing the trade offers. I don't know how many interested parties actually have top 100 prospects to offer, multiple top 100 prospects to offer. And also, how would the, the, the suitors, the teams that are interested in Otani, uh, yeah, what would they be willing to deal as far as young talent goes for somebody that's likely going to be a, a, a two-month rental? because uh, Otani is going to enter free agency uh, seemingly no matter where uh, he's playing or who he's playing with the rest of the season. All right, for one star player, or another star player, Aaron Judge, taking batting practice uh, for the first time since early June. Uh, that happened over the weekend against Colorado. Still unknown when he might actually be activated. I think Aaron Judge, even if he's 100%, Not enough to elevate the Yankees into the postseason uh, this year. The Yankees also need Anthony Rizzo and Giancarlo Stanton to produce at a high level, which we have not seen much of in Stanton's case this season and in Rizzo's case uh, since Judge actually got hurt the last time. All right, meanwhile, some baseball injury news. Shane Bieber of the Guardians, this is really bad news for them for a variety of reasons. Uh, he is not, his velocity has been down much of the season. Uh, he had an MRI when they came back from the break on Friday on his pitching shoulder. They got encouraging results, I guess, at least short term encouraging, uh, when they say right now he doesn't need surgery, but he's going to go two weeks without throwing, and then he'll be evaluated week to week. This pretty much, I think the bottom line is that this eliminates any chance or close to any chance. Who knows? Somebody might take a court crazy you know, chance and trade for him. But trading Bieber and getting any return before the trade deadline seems highly unlikely. Meanwhile, the Rays pitching staff, something we, uh, starting rotation specifically, something we've talked about for you know, several weeks Uh, We found out about Drew Rasmussen while we were on our hiatus and uh, vacation. He is uh, headed for surgery. Uh, He's going to get what is called... I've never heard of this. Uh, Doesn't mean it hasn't happened before, but I just don't recall it. He's going to have an internal brace placed in his elbow. Uh, This is another... He's already had two Tommy John surgeries, Rasmussen, and now he's going to get an internal brace placed in his elbow. Okay, obviously he's not going to pitch for the rest of this season and likely for some of next season. Meanwhile, some possible trade news. Uh, Cardinals front office man John Mazalak uh, publicly said that he's looking to move players. They're going to be sellers, basically, uh, before the deadline. But he's not going to trade Paul Goldschmidt or Nolan Ar.nato, both of whom have no trade clauses. Heard through the baseball grapevine, one of the most uh, recent rumors, the Cardinals and Mariners, possibly swapping starting pitchers, Jack Flaherty and Logan Gilbert. Uh, I think that Flaherty will be traded. Not sure what the Mariners need offense. They need a, like a couple of bats more than they need another starting pitcher, and Logan Gilbert is still health, uh, young and controllable and healthy, it seems, and so I'm not sure what that would do to help them, quite frankly. Meanwhile, the White Sox, they're going to be sellers. The Dodgers reportedly among the teams interested in the Lucas Giolito sweepstakes, I guess it's going to be. Uh, that according to, uh, as far as the Dodgers showing interest, that according to John Paul Morosi, the, uh, the, the Reds and the the Rangers are also interested in Otani, including to John Heyman of the New York Post now. Uh, the Dodgers, by the way, they have nine of the top 100 prospects According to uh, in the, according to MLB the MLB.com com pipeline list, they have nine in the top one hundred. Meanwhile, the Padres uh, likely to trade Josh Hader and uh, Blake Snell, uh, maybe Juan Soto. Um, you know, Snell and Hader are free agents at the end of the year. Soto is not a free agent until after next season. Meanwhile, a little college basketball while we were on uh, vacation. Uh, the uh, Division One's men's basketball committee uh, have report, they've reportedly decided against extending the current 68-team NCAA tournament field. Thank God for that. Uh, you know, if they were to actually do this right, uh, I didn't agree with a whole lot of things that Bob Knight said during the last few years of his career at Indiana. But he actually suggested that the NCAA tournament be 32 teams, which obviously is never going to happen because of the economics. And, but it would be a lot more fun if we had a 32-team NCAA tournament field, in my opinion. You don't have to sit there and watch you know, basically you know, blowout games on Thursday and Friday for every upset. There's like five blowout games that are not worth your time. And then whenever one of those teams, not every time, but there are more times than not, these first-round teams that get in, these first-round upsets, the second-round game sucks because they're going to get run off the floor in the second game. Also, from the NFL grapevine, one rumor out there is that Zeke Elliott, uh, you know, who you, know, you would think uh, is going to sign somewhere here at some point, but the Chargers are supposedly interested in Zeke. Now, he would have to take a really low salary contract to land with the Chargers, and he would certainly, uh, fantasy-wise, to fantasy football players out there, he would take away a lot of the fantasy value from Austin Eckler because you would assume he's still a really good goal line guy. Uh, He would do that. And this also makes a little bit of sense because Elliott would be reunited with Kellen Moore who is now the Chargers' offensive coordinator, and not be he was not retained. Basically, he was fired by Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys after last season. He wasn't you know, retained, quote-unquote, basically. They just didn't want him around. All right, real quick from the baseball scoreboard from the weekend. The Reds, we mentioned this in the pipeline. Uh, I don't think they should be contenders. I uh, should, contend- uh, should think about buying at the trade deadline. They're not good. I've uh, been trying to say this even when they were hot and had the 112-game winning streak, and I'm a Reds fan. This pains me to say this, but uh, the guys in their current roster, if they want to trade Jonathan India, who is incredibly overrated and not that good a player, uh, if somebody wants to take him and give you like a pitcher in return, I don't know how high level of a pitcher it's going to be, I wouldn't have a problem with the Reds' traded Jonathan India, but yeah, that's kind of where we stand there the Reds, what they need to do is they need to get a much better manager than David Bell which I don't think would be very difficult to do. They need to do that before next season. If you remain, if you take out the 12 game winning streak uh, they are 38 and 44 for the rest of the season. Also all the young players, they just had no idea of how to play baseball the last two weekends when they lost you know five out of six games to the Brewers. They're now two games behind the Brewers in the, uh, in the division this season. Also, they are calling up uh, you know another heralded prospect, Christian Encarnacion Strand, expected to play today as they start a series against the Giants. So we'll see how that goes. By the way, L.A. David Cruz in uh, the weekend series against the Brewers was 0 for 12 with six strikeouts in that three-game series. All right, that's it for the Sports Zone for today. Stay tuned. The extra point's coming up next. Thanks for listening.